from Matthew chapter 5, verses 1 through 12. When Jesus saw the crowds, he went up the mountain, and after he sat down, his disciples came to him. Then he began to speak and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is, in, for your reward is great in heaven. For this, in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. How old do you think you were when you discovered for the first time that life wasn't fair? <laughs> She's heard an essay at least once or twice already, life isn't fair. We kind of learn that pretty young, right? Even as little kids, we have this sense of what is fair. And granted, sometimes it's a sense of fairness skewed by our own wants and desires. Sometimes it's skewed by what and who we look up to, who we consider to be our peers, who we envy in this world. And I'm sure it wasn't the first time, but the first moment I can remember lamenting that life wasn't fair was when I was six years old. Little first grade me was crying at the exit to the grocery store because I had desperately wanted this little toy that I knew that some of my other friends had and it was so cool and my mom had already said she would get it for me, but I forgot to put it on the conveyor belt at the checkout. And so as soon as we got to the door, my mom looked over at me and realized I was still holding the toy and she hadn't had a chance to pay for it yet. And she was not going to go back into the checkout line at the grocery store to get me that toy. And so she told me I had to go and put it away. And I remember crying as we left the store, it's not fair. It's not fair. You said I could have it. It's not fair. My friend Jax has one. It's not fair. It's not fair. It's not fair. As we get older, hopefully we grow out of that sort of tantrum in the moments of unfairness. Hopefully we grow and understand that the idea of fairness is supposed to be more about equality, about impartiality, about justice. Most of us have an idea of what it's supposed to be like, right? That in an ideal, fair world, people would get what they deserve. People shouldn't be unfairly marginalized or exploited for the gain of others. We get it, but I think all of us have felt or said or heard, well, life isn't fair. And sometimes it's those little things, like first grade me at the grocery store, and sometimes it's bigger, overarching issues in the world 
there's a lot of brokenness and corruption and sorrow, and often people who do bad things, who exploit others, who oppress others, find more success than those who we see doing the, quote, right things. The people we often find ourselves maybe envying a little bit in this life, who we think have done well in this world, are often the wealthy, the celebrity, the strong, the insert your adjective here for whoever it is you find yourself looking to as the epitome of success. And sometimes that can be healthy. Sometimes it's inspirational to see the happy people on our Facebook or Instagram feeds. Sometimes it's motivational to see the way others live their lives in this world. And sometimes it helps us to seek our own purpose and calling. And sometimes it's just a reminder that this world, this life, can often be unfair, which can be a disappointing realization. And it's one, for people who are marginalized, who are on the outside of success looking in, it's a realization that they come to over and over again, when the unfairness that they face seems insurmountable, no matter how much they feel like they're doing the right thing. And so today, we find Jesus in the Gospel of Matthew on top of a mountain with his Sermon on the Beatitudes, as they're called, the Blesseds. The crowd gathered are mostly those marginalized people. They're people who are hungry, looking for food, who are ill or disabled, looking for healing, who are mourning, who are worried, who are seeking comfort, something to hang on to. And Jesus tells them, tells us, that the kind of fairness, the kind of justice we find in God's kingdom is not what we might imagine. It's not what we're used to in this world. The Apostle Paul does such a good job in his first letter, and thank you to Bill for reading. I know there was a lot of words today that were a little bit heftier than our usual, but I appreciate it because I really love Paul's words to the church in Corinth about the way God's wisdom seems like foolishness in this world. Because the kind of fairness, the kind of justice in God's kingdom probably doesn't seem very wise to most of us. It seems foolish to those who are listening. And not only does Paul talk about the cross being a ridiculous thing for people to find hope in, because it is. He talks about the way that God has called and chosen the people of the church, too. And Paul says to them, to the church in Corinth, consider your own call. And he tells them, not many of you were wise by human standards, not many powerful, not many of noble birth, but God chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. God chose what is low and despised in the world. God chose what is not enviable, those who wouldn't be envied or looked up to by the people of this world, of this life and called you into power and glory and salvation in Jesus. And could you imagine being the first hearers of that in the church of Corinth and being like, well, you know, I'm not, not wise, Paul. <laughs> like, it's not the nicest thing to say to a group of people, that you're not wise, you're not you know, noble, you're not wealthy, but you know, God called you because you're who you are. But if you hear it in the nice, in the good, like a little bit judgmental way, well, what if I am a little bit wise? What if I am a little bit wealthy? And it's not always super nice. But I always enjoy that moment from Paul as he is kind of sharing this with them, this reminder that who God chose in the early church, in the church today, who God chooses, is not the perfect people. It's not the, you know, Photoshop person on Instagram. It's not the uber-wealthy 
It's all of us, right? This kingdom, this reign that God brings is completely upside down from the way in which our world sees fairness or sees success. And we're already part of it. We're already the unexpected chosen people called into God's kingdom, into God's reign together. And God's fairness, God's justice, isn't the answer that most benefits us, like a first grader frustrated that she didn't get her way at the grocery store. God's fairness, God's justice, is about completely rearranging this broken world. God calls us, chooses us, to participate in this new kingdom and sometimes that means trying to figure out what it is exactly that God is calling us to do, right? We often don't know for sure. We often feel like we're looking and searching, and all we see in the world around us is brokenness and worry. And the people of Israel in our Micah reading were kind of going through the same thing, too. And so Micah reminds them, and we got to even sing it today in our Micah 6-8 song, that God has told you, or oh mortal, what is good. God has already given you the answer. What does the Lord require of you but to do justice, to love kindness, and to walk humbly with your God, which seems like an easy requirement, but it can be a tall order. Jesus' eight blessed ours here kind of fall into Micah's three things that God asks of us. Justice, kindness, and relationship with God. A better translation for the blesseds that Matthew uses for this is actually enviable or envied. Jesus is rearranging the world through God's kingdom, and this list actually, the blessed is not the right word for blessed by God. And you'll see other translations that say happy are they, which no one likes, right? Happy are the poor in spirit. No, that's not what any of us are feeling. And so my favorite of all the conversations around what word should be used is envy, because it really shows us how upside down Jesus is turning the world. When he says, envied are the poor in spirit, those who struggle with motivation, with energy, who are either physically impoverished or experiencing the despair of hopelessness in the world, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven, envy them. Envied are those who mourn, those who are weeping over the loss of loved ones, those who struggle with transitions in life, those who feel exhausted or unable to go on, for they will be comforted. Envy them. Envied are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for those who seek God's justice in the world, who seek, unlike anything this world can give, a justice that sees all people for who they are, not because of their gender or the color of their skin or who they love or where they come from, but because of who God has created them to be, who God has called them to be, for they will find their fill of righteousness in God's kingdom. Envy them. Envied are those who are merciful, those who care for the lowliest of the low, who provide comfort and food and service to those on the margins, either at very little pay or no pay at all, for they will receive mercy, receive God's grace. Envy them. Envy are those who are pure in heart, not because they've always done the right thing, but because in seeking God, they have found and will see God's face. Envied are the peacemakers, those who sacrifice so much in order to find common ground, in order to find an end to violence, for they will be called children of God. Envy them. 
and envied are those who are persecuted for the sake of God's fairness, of God's justice, of God's upside-down foolish kingdom, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Envy them. It changes the way we hear these words, doesn't it? Jesus says, when you share the good news, when you tell people about the foolishness of the cross, when you seek God's justice in the world, when you do kindness, when you walk humbly with God, sharing God's peace and grace with all those you meet, and people revile you for it, persecute you for it, when people utter all kinds of evil against you because of your faith, Jesus says, rejoice, because you're finally doing something right. Because that's the kind of discomfort that Jesus is calling us into as people of God. And it's not an easy one to hear. It's not one we like. It's not one we want. Because often we find ourselves feeling tired or pressed or persecuted or struck down. And we feel exhausted by what Jesus is calling us into because it is so much. And we say to Jesus, Jesus, it's not fair. Right? It's not fair. And the truth is, even God's fairness doesn't feel very fair to us sometimes because Jesus on the cross for the sin of the world isn't fair. What Jesus does for us isn't out of fairness that we understand or deserve or have worked for or earned. It's out of God's power of saving grace, out of God's justice, which is unlike anything we can even really imagine. Jesus goes to the cross to turn the world's idea of fairness upside down, and Jesus still dies to do the right thing so that we can be free from our sins, so that we can be saved, so that we can be these chosen people in God's kingdom. Jesus rises from the dead to the saving power of God, and that same power saves each and every one of us. God's foolishness chooses us, not because we're wise or powerful or noble or strong, not because we were born in the right place at the right time, not because we always did the right thing, but simply because we needed it. Simply because we needed Jesus. We need this righteousness, this sanctification, this redemption we find in our Lord Christ Jesus because Jesus is the one who is calling us into this weird and foolish and unfair work of God's reign in the world so that we can be blessed and maybe even envied so that we can be these unexpected chosen people serving God and doing our best to follow God's call to do the right thing in the world, even when it's hard, so that we can do justice, love kindness, and walk humbly with the God who absolutely loves us. Amen. Thanks be to God. Amen. Amen.